Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 219. Today's title is Three Bad Attitudes That Cause Division. And in our Bible passages for today, we see the attitudes displayed that we should not have, the ones that cause disunity and division in the church. So how do we bring unity and bring people together? Well, let's find out today. During my time at university, I shared rooms together with my great friend, Nikki Lee, who became one of the associate vicars at HDB. We did our own catering. I did the cooking and Nikki Lee did the dividing. He was an expert at dividing whatever was cooked into exactly equal portions. This is but one instance where division is used in a good sense rather than a bad one. Divisions are a fact of life. They need not necessarily be a bad thing. Indeed, they may even be necessary. For example, placing people in different divisions in an organisation may be helpful and important. We see this kind of division in the Old Testament passage for today. Then, there is a division that will take place on the Day of Judgment. This is a necessary division between good and evil. This kind of division can be seen in the psalm for today. There is also a third kind of division, which is not good, helpful or necessary. Disunity and division in the church is a tragedy. This kind of division is one we must do our very best to avoid. It is this kind of division that the Apostle Paul speaks against in the New Testament passage for today. From Psalm 92 Though the wicked spring up like grass, and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish. All evildoers will be scattered. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Division between the righteous and evildoers. The world is divided, according to the psalmist, between evildoers and the righteous. Evildoers are senseless fools who do not understand. They are enemies of God. One day, not only will they be divided from the righteous, but they will also be divided among themselves. They will be scattered and they will perish. The righteous, on the other hand, have a secure future. Both evildoers and the righteous flourish, but in different ways. For the evildoers, it is passing and temporal. They will soon be destroyed. They are like grass. But for the righteous, it is lasting and eternal flourishing. It is like a palm tree or a cedar of Lebanon. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. The difference between the success of the world, power, fame, making money and so on, and the success of a true follower of Jesus in living a holy life is like the difference between grass, which only lasts a few days, and a palm tree, which stands throughout the ages. Lord, when I see the lasting blessings you give to those who follow you, I want to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. New Testament from 1 Corinthians 3 Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarrelling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you came to believe, 
as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are fellow workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit lives among you? Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness, and again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then, no more boasting about human leaders. Divisions in the Church Paul's letter to the Corinthians is a sandwich. He starts with praise and love. He ends with grace and love. In the middle, he raises issues that he wants them to deal with. This is a good model when confronting issues in an individual or a church. Start and end with a positive and encouraging note, but have the courage to deal with the issues. One of the issues he raises is division in the church. He says they're worldly and unspiritual. In some ways, they were the most spiritual of all the churches that Paul wrote to. They did not lack any spiritual gift. However, they were unspiritual because of bad attitudes which led to division. He points out three bad attitudes. These are dangers for all Christians and particularly for Christian leaders. First, jealousy. He writes, For since there is jealousy among you, are you not worldly? It's tempting to compare ourselves with others. And when we hear about some blessing another has received, to start thinking, when's it going to happen to me? But as Joyce Meyer writes, we should bless others and not be afraid when they get ahead of us. We must not envy anyone else's appearance, possessions, education, social standing, marital status, gifts and talents, job or anything, because that will only hinder our own blessing. Second, boasting. All right, so then, no more boasting about human leaders. Boasting is the temptation to compare ourselves with others, think that we're doing rather well, and boast about our success. We need to see our part in God's economy in its proper perspective. We are first, mere human beings. Second, only servants. Third, neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. Therefore, there is no cause for boasting. Third, quarrelling. Paul writes that their quarrelling is another reason that he sees them as unspiritual. We must avoid taking sides where one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. All of these stem from an inflated view of our own importance. These are unspiritual attitudes. These sorts of attitudes are all too common in fallen humanity, infecting the world and sadly the church too. We need to understand that all of us are utterly dependent on God. One plants a seed, the other waters it, but God makes it grow. Planting and watering are important, but they're relatively easy. Only God can do the difficult bit and make plants, people and churches grow. You do have a role to play. First, God uses you to bring people to faith. Paulus and Paul 
were those through whom the Corinthians came to believe. Second, God will reward you. The person who plants and the person who waters have one purpose and each will be rewarded according to their own labour. Third, you are God's co-workers. God has chosen not to do it on his own. He chooses to use you. Being used by God is a huge privilege. Not only are you God's co-worker, but you are God's field, God's building. People try to build their lives on many things, money, education, job titles, possessions and so on. But Jesus is the only sure foundation. Furthermore, Paul goes on to write, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? Therefore, he writes, I don't want to hear any of you bragging about yourself or anyone else. Everything is already yours as a gift and you are privileged to be in union with Christ, who is in union with God. Lord, thank you that we are fellow workers with you, and it is you who makes things grow. Keep us from pride and boasting, jealousy and quarrelling. Help us to guard the unity of the church. Old Testament from 1 Chronicles 24 to 26 David separated them into divisions for their appointed order of ministering. They divided them impartially by casting lots. Divisions for ministry. Here we see the word divisions used in a positive sense. These were the divisions of the descendants of Aaron. David separated them into divisions for their appointed order of ministering. A large number of leaders were found. They were divided accordingly. They divided them impartially. There were also divisions of the gatekeepers. These divisions of the gatekeepers, through their leaders, had duties for ministering in the temple of the Lord. There are some interesting names in his list. Among the singers are the psalmists, Asaph, Jedithan, and Heman. Among the gatekeepers, or as often translated, doorkeepers, are the Koharites. Psalm 84 is attributed to the sons of Korah and was therefore presumably written by a doorkeeper. This helps us to understand what he meant when he wrote, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. In the body of Christ, we divide up the roles. Each part of the body has a different function. As St. Paul writes, the body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. God has combined the members of the body so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. The Apostle Paul describes the good sense of division, the different roles of members in the body, while seeking to avoid the bad sense, there should be no division or disunity in the body. It's a great honour to be involved in any way in serving in God's house, whether we're helping with the car parking or welcoming teams, coffee or prayer ministry. Every person has great significance and honour because we are serving in God's house. Lord, help us to make wise decisions in the assignment of roles in the body of Christ so that everybody gets involved. Help us, your church, to function as a unit made up of many parts in which each part cooperates with all the others with a unity brought about by the Holy Spirit. Pepper adds, Psalm 92 verse 14 says, They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green. Fresh and green sounds good. As life goes by very quickly and I'm heading for old age fast, I'm encouraged by this verse. And there is something very beautiful 
about godly older people. You can see it in their face. I can think of many that I admire hugely. Their wisdom and holy life are an inspiration. I want to keep bearing fruit in old age and looking fresh and green. Let's respond in prayer. Lord, thank you that you are the God of unity and peace. Lord, thank you that you are the foundation on which to build my life. Lord, I'm sorry for where I've caused disunity and division, where I've put people down instead of bringing people up. Lord, help me today to guard the unity of the church. Help me to build my life on your rock. And help me to bring unity in my church. Lord, I ask for more unity in the worldwide church. I ask that we would be connected, not disconnected. That we would work together for a common good, the good of sharing the gospel of Jesus. Lord, I pray all of these things in your mighty name, the name of Jesus. Amen.